Welcome to the Elevated Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Janessa McKenzie, an intuitive business and mindset coach to inspire success-driven solopreneurs like you who are ready to show up like a badass boss and create the impact and income they desire. It's my mission to help you see who you were created to be so you can share your gifts with the world and make a difference. My approach to business is not what most would call normal. Thank God, because being weird and unapologetic about it is my jam. On this podcast, we mix the woo with the do to help you create the space, energetics, and strategy that attract the clients and cash you really want while unapologetically showing up as who you are so you can design the business and life you desire from the inside out. So if you're ready to say peace to settling, hiding, half-assing, and dimming your light, and yes to having the abundant, profitable business and life of your dreams without living on the edge of exhaustion and overwhelm, listen up as I hit the BS button on the extremely outdated perception that you need to hustle to be something you're not to be successful. Thank you so much for being here today. Now let's do this. I am excited to have this conversation today um, because, you know, as you know, I'm sure this is not just... This has been a subject for eons. It's not just like the last year, right? Right, absolutely. (laughs) But it's just even come to the forefront even more Mm -hmm. um, the last year, I think. And I'm really excited to, you know, I'm excited to see and hear all the voices that are coming out right now um, and have been in the last year that felt like they probably couldn't before. Mm. So, and I'm really excited to have a platform now where I can also bring people that want to share their voice about Mm -hmm. these things um, and help all the entrepreneurs and the audience that listens, um, you know, help them understand it better and then what they can do better Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely because regardless if we're a solopreneur we're in corporate you know have a small business we all have a role to play and there's you know uh, more inclusive design that we can put into our our business absolutely and I'm sure I will learn some things too so it was funny because when I reached like when I first put out the the post about this I'm like Mm -hmm. I am effing nervous to have this conversation (laughs) (laughs) you know like uh I think a lot of people, especially, you know, straight white people, mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of white cisgender, really fucking nervous about saying something wrong, you know? Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of people that don't know what to say, when to say, how to say it. Yeah. And then they don't Raising say anything. my hand. Right? right. And then they don't say anything. Yeah. And that actually says more. Yeah than not than actually saying something making a mistake gaining awareness and learning from it and moving on yes absolutely and yeah i feel like you know uh when you know george floyd passed i you know felt like i had to say something which probably wasn't (laughs) the right thing to do um i mean you know it is what it is and i said what was in my heart Mm -hmm. um but not realizing how (laughs) privileged I really was Mm. you know what I mean yeah yeah um 
So, you know, there was definitely some, some kickback on that post. Uh, And, you know, it, it helped me learn, which is really good for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it helped me see things a little bit better, but I'm excited to, to have more conversations, learn more, help others learn more. Um, so yeah. Good. Uh, I don't want to like normally right now, I would say to you, give me five seconds and I'm going to introduce the podcast. Okay. But I'm not. Yeah, I didn't know when we were going to start. Yeah, but I'm not because what <laughs> just said, I think needs to be heard. So um, I'm just going to like, we're just going to roll with this. So everyone, welcome. <laughs> welcome to our conversation because what we just said, I don't, I don't want to cut that out. Like I just don't. Just so yeah. So we're just going to roll on with it here and I'll just do a quick intro later. And if you're listening to this, you've already heard the intro. So <laughs> Uh, I know that all of you listening for like the past five minutes have no idea who I'm talking to. (laughs) So I'm going to tell you right now. Um, Welcome, Heidi. She is, um, I'm clicking around here because I was not expecting not to, (laughs) not to reintroduce the podcast. Okay. She uh, helps individuals and organizations create more diverse, equitable, and inclusive workplaces, and she uh, focuses on gender equity and the LGBTQ plus inclusion um, and that community. So I'm excited to have you here, Heidi, and have this conversation. Um, I am sweating a little bit, but we're going to do this. So let's let's do it. So how yeah, are well- you? Yeah. Thanks for having me. You know, to that, I say, you know what, if you're not uncomfortable, you're not growing. Yeah. And oh, yeah. So, uh, these can be uncomfortable conversations, but at least then, you know, we know we're in growth mode yeah. and, um, you know, other people learn from us and we learn from other people. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. So I would love to hear, you know, in your words, a little bit of your story and, and, you know, who you are, yeah. what you do, who you serve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have over 15 years experience in human resources leadership, um, specifically around organizational development, recruitment, uh, culture, and diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I have a real passion for developing organizations that are helping organizations develop safe spaces for individuals to show up authentically, regardless of how they identify, right? We're not a singular identity, and we bring a lot of things from home, life, how we were raised into the workplace. And you know, I think more and more organizations need to recognize that what we do outside of work affects what we do inside work. So, or at, at the workplace. So um, what I do is a couple of different things. So I left, I left corporate America um, in November of 2020. So in the middle of the pandemic, you know, I was, as a practitioner, as a, as a diversity, equity, and inclusion practitioner, this work can be really heavy and um, isolating, really isolating. And mm-hmm. last year, we had, you know, a, a, many, many different things obviously happening across our world that is nothing new to many communities, especially mm-hmm. 
our black and brown communities. And, you know, I got to a point in corporate where I just said, you know what, I'm sick of banging my head up against the wall with, you know, performative allyship and performative actions. And I want to work with, with individuals and organizations that want to dive into the work Mm -hmm. and get uncomfortable and really make a difference for their employees. And I was getting a lot of requests, but didn't really have the autonomy to do, you know, kind of that side hustle and side gig. Mm. So, um, so yeah, during that time I, um, was able, you know, what a privilege, right. Mm -hmm. I had to be able to leave, um, a six figure job and venture out on my own. But I think the, you know, being an entrepreneur, right. I, <clears throat> everything that I've read about you, were very similar yeah. in the fact that we, we go against the grain, we're disruptors, like uh, challenging the status quo, you know, and I just got to a point where I just, um, I needed to go for my own mental health and well-being. Mm. And I really think that DEI and wellness go hand in hand. Yeah. Um, you know, during the last four years, I was also coming out as a queer woman mm-hmm. and then having to educate people on the importance of pronouns and <clears throat> gender identity and, you know, all of these different things and, and equity. And that as women, we're not a singular identity. We're, we're layered upon layered. And if we don't call out who those women are that we want at the table, then we're defaulting to white women. Mm. You know, we need to say, we need all kinds of women at the table, not just we need women at the, at the table. And especially us as white women need to say, if we see five other white women at the table, then that's a problem, right? We need to make space. Um, And that includes, you know, black, Asian, Muslim, trans women, lesbian, non-gender conforming. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then all of the layers that go into that is like parents and marital status and veteran status and all of that. So, Mm -hmm. so what I do, you know, on top of all that um, (laughs) is really, you know, take that into organizations. And what I found is, um, you know, a lot of people going back to what we introed, a lot of people don't know what to say, when to say, or how to say it. Mm-hmm. And predominantly, this is just my experience um, of the people that I work with are predominantly white, cisgender, male and female identifying, and Gen X and boomer generation. Mm-hmm. And so we have one-on-one conversations. So it's inclusive leadership coaching. Mm-hmm. And in those conversations, it's a safe space to have brave conversations and really be open with, Hey, I don't know this. So how do I move forward? Um, mm. The other thing I do is group coaching with individuals who, you know, want to do better in their organizations and, or are leading some type of DNI initiative, because I think a lot of organizations put the task, the quote unquote task mm. of DNI on their token 
gay person, their token black person, their token Asian person, and expect these people to take on this emotional tax and heavy lifting of educating all, all the white cisgender people, which is the, the absolute wrong thing to do. Yeah, I was going to say, they've been doing that their whole life and they're Absolutely. probably tired of fucking doing it. Right. Please, like, do the work your, yourself. Yeah. Um, nobody says you can't have open conversations and, and ask for perspective, but that's a, that's a default. Mm. Yeah. And so, so yeah. And then, you know, organizational coaching. So uh, going in and really talking about the strategies. So are you using gender inclusive language? Um, what's the design of your building? Um, you know, at my last organization, I helped uh, with the project build of a a six-story brand new headquarters. And within that building, you know, I was in charge of all the art um, selection throughout the building. And I made sure that our employees could see themselves in that art, whether it be that it was from artists, um, it was, you know, artists of color, queer artists, trans artists, Um, in our nursing mother's rooms, there was all different kinds of pictures of different kinds of mothers, Mm -hmm. um, you know, including asexual and non-gender conforming. And, and so I think it's really important for, for employees to see that, you know, in the building and then too, you know, that goes hand in hand with like representation matters and can they see themselves at the top of, of the organization? It's not enough to have diverse talent at frontline Diverse talent needs to see themselves at the top of the organization in management roles, in executive roles, um, not strictly as individual contributors. Yeah. So I, just from you saying all that, I have like a thousand questions. (laughs) (laughs) Good. (laughs) Well, I I am absolutely passionate about talking about this and, you know, I, I say, I don't have all the answers. Yeah. You know, and I think it's important that even us as practitioners, like we don't have all the answers and I may speak to one community or two communities, you know, however I identify, but then I'm pulling in the experts from other Mm. communities doing the work. Um, You know, I'm a white cisgender, you know, straight passing woman. Mm -hmm. Um, And unless I tell you that I'm a queer woman, you I don't know that you would know, um, right. unless you know me, but, but yeah, I think that, you know, it's important to, to speak to what we, we know and, and how we identify and we can speak to intersectionality as well, you know, and all the layers, but it's important to pull in diverse voices and no consultant is a one size fits all. So, you know, organizations that think they can just hire one consultant to speak on all things, mm. um, you know, that would be like, you know, the one gay person speaking on the whole gay community. Yeah. Um, so work. yeah, yeah. Just unique perspectives, diverse perspectives is really important. Yeah. So I think, you know, for, for me and I'm sure, you know, other audience that is listening right now, when you, you know, we're talking about inclusive language, like marketing just popped into my head and was like oh I probably really suck (laughs) (laughs) at inclusive language (laughs) and when you said you know when you say 
um, you know, woman that it is Mm -hmm. automatically assumed that it's, you know, white, straight woman. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I have used that language before. Like I help women entrepreneurs. I don't use that anymore. I have changed it. Um, But just, and not for any purpose, only because I niche down more, you know what I mean? So yeah. now it's, I help spiritual entrepreneurs, like, mm-hmm. and I don't, <laughs> I don't even know if that's inclusive. So for, you know, solo entrepreneurs who are doing their own marketing or who even have a team and want to include more inclusive language into their marketing, yeah. you know, what advice would you give to them? Yeah. I mean, right. We can't be all things to all people, um, but we can be intentional. And so even with, you know, I help spiritual women that I would say is okay because that's your, that is your market, but in your uh, marketing, like imagery in your, you know, on your website, having statements and images that are inclusive to all races, um, you know, including that we create an inclusive space, uh, whether it be through one-on-one coaching or group coaching that embraces all identities that fall under the umbrella of what a woman is, Mm -hmm. right? And so that if somebody was a, um, black woman, Asian woman, trans woman, they know that by coming to your site, oh, this is what Janessa stands for. Mm. She is in solidarity with our community. And I can go out to your social channels and find out that you're using your voice to amplify those who are quote unquote, you know, under the marginalized women category Mm. or identity. And so, you know, that, oh, Janessa is speaking and actively um, speaking up against, you know, police brutality with, you know, Breonna Taylor and, and Asian hate and all of these different um, Black trans women, you know, it's, 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 it's part of your brand. It's part of who you are as an individual. Uh, using your voice now and right we're going to make mistakes everybody's going to make mistakes mm-hmm. um it's it's what we do with those and how we use I make mistakes um yeah, you know, we're human everyone we're human we are um and you know from in in being a a white privileged woman I you know I do know that there are things ingrained that were ingrained in me without even realizing that they were, you know? Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and- we talk about gender identity alone. It's, you know, when we were young and it's, uh, you know, the pink and blue and, and boys like men were men and women yep. were women. Like that was and, it. And Barbies and trucks and, um Ken. Like, like there was yeah. always a Ken to a Barbie. There was yeah. a Barbie. Yep. Absolutely. Barbie. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And right, I mean, gender was always talked about as binary. Yeah. Um I mean, I don't think that I even heard that there was 
you know, people that identified as something other than what they were born as Mm -hmm. until I was probably in my twenties. Yeah. You know, I, I don't even think I knew the term intersex until I was in my thirties. Um, and there's a, a great, uh, if you don't know what intersex is, it's, you know, that individuals were born with, um, identifying with both male and female Mm. hormones. I'm glad you said that because Mm -hmm. when you, when you first said it, I was like, oh, and then you were, then you led into it. I'm like, oh, good. She's going to answer. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, a lot of times, um, doctors and or parents would then quote unquote, assign the, uh, how they were going to raise the child. They were going to raise the child as male or female. Um, can we back up for one second? Yeah. So, So are you, are you saying that they identified as both when they were born or they, they were- had both, both parts, both like- parts and hormones? Um, oh, okay. There's a really interesting, and, and again, I don't pretend to be the expert on, on intersex individuals, but there is a very, um, there's a documentary on Amazon Prime called Intersection, and um, it kind of explains it a lot more. Um, Okay. Yeah. No, I think the individuals and the impact that it had on their parents or the doctor, you know, assigning them, um, yeah, the gender that they were going to be raised. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, and that really falls on the parents for just, you know, they don't know what they don't know either. They're just, and, and, you know, I talk about this all the time. They're just going by what they think everyone will accept mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. when I think a lot of times they, they don't want to be judged and they don't want their kids to be judged so they're just doing what they think they're supposed mm-hmm. to do yep yeah yeah well and I think you know t- even you know 20 years ago it wasn't I don't know that it was as well known as we're talking about it now I mean my nine-year-old daughter knows you know the ABCs of LGBTQ plus, 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 I mean, and, and we talk about it very openly in our house and uh, she's like my little freedom fighter. And um, so I think it's important that we, we are talking about these type of types of topics um, with our children, because it is the the world is changing. I mean, there there's over 50% of individuals in this next generation that are going to identify within the LGBTQ plus community. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we have family members that do. Yeah. Yep. And, and my kids, I mean, my kids are a little older now, but even when they were younger, like they knew. They yeah. Knew that, you know, love is love. Right. So mm-hmm. they, the family members that do identify as the LGBTQ plus community were, you know, they at first weren't completely open, like with affection in front of the kids because they didn't really, I don't think they really knew like what they were supposed to do in front of children, like their own, like family kids. Do you know what I mean? Right. Um, Because right. Society tells us that it's, you know, it's okay to be, straight and and show affection you know yeah you know with our opposite sex spouse but um 
you know, with our same sex partner, it's, it's, it's not quote unquote it's taboo or something, you know, it's just like, yeah. what? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yes. Because again, like go, go back in history. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't taught that way. And then the, you know, people will quote the Bible and like, we could get into a whole. Oh yeah, we could. Discussion about that, but, <laughs> oh yeah. Um, yeah. I'm sure we'd have a really fun. A whole nother conversation. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> yes. But I think what it really comes, I mean, really comes down to way back in history is structuralized religion. Yeah. Like that, you know, when there's, they, there's a lot of like, religious trauma um yeah. <laughs> yes uh within many communities uh, especially the lgbtq plus community yeah um which you know i was raised catholic and um didn't have even a fraction of the trauma that some of my friends within mm. the community has have had but um yeah so that's all yeah that's a deep deep conversation yes yeah um but I guess my point being that you know in in my opinion and probably you know uneducated opinion (laughs) that you know people go back and look at when when religion was structuralized looking at the bible or other I don't know if it's mm-hmm. mentioned in other religious mm-hmm. texts, but mm-hmm. that, you know, that's the, the Catholic religion, when it kind of took over, it really built the foundation for everything that people quote unquote believe today from then. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we actually live, um, directly across the street from a traditional convent um a catholic school and a catholic church and um about two years ago there was a teacher and it was in the news and i came across it and there's a a new teacher that had like the she was an ally to the lgbtq plus community and uh she had the rainbow ring around her facebook um, picture and then she had a bumper sticker on her car as an ally and they basically said that you know that was going against what the school stood for and um they terminated her contract wow and so of course <laughs> in return <laughs> i am directly across the street from them um we hung a massive like rainbow flag from our tree yeah um and i you know it's one thing because right it, it's just ignorance and it's um just hate this mm-hmm. hatred for for somebody i mean she was an ally but um for for somebody hating somebody for so much just because of their existence mm. like you don't have to understand everything right but you, you know it's anyway so you i just don't have to accept <clears throat> everything you just right it is what it is but just right. 
you know, be respectful. Um, you don't have, yeah, you don't have to understand everything, but, um, so we hung the, the flag in our, our front yard and, you know, we did that because one, of course there had to have been other allied teachers and families, uh, within that school that probably now too fearful to even say anything, uh, in fear of losing their job. And then two, you know, that there's children, in that school that are struggling with their identity and are being taught that it's not okay to be themselves. And that in and of itself breaks my heart because um, you are enough and you, you are um, seen and appreciated. And if it was just this one symbol um, that, that a child could look at to say, not everybody is like that. Mm-hmm. Um, then, then it was worth it, you know, enough to, you know, I contacted the local news and, you know, it's like, those are types of things that using your voice, um, using your privilege, like to call people out, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it's similar to what people say, oh, you're, you know, homophobic or you're racist. And if somebody makes, right, going back to like, we're all going to make mistakes, like let's focus on the action versus who the person is as a person. So what they did was racist. Mm -hmm. Does that make them a racist? Uh, Not necessarily. Mm. Um, And so if you focus on the action first, um, we can have much more constructive conversations. Um, now, if somebody is just like so extreme that, I mean, we know the people we're talking about, but mm. um, those aren't the people that I'm going to have a conversation with. Right. Um, but, you know, even the, even the words I have been like, kind of like trying to come up with different words to use besides like transphobic or homophobic, because it's not a phobia. Like, you're just ignorant and being an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it's not a phobia. You're just, I, and you're uneducated. It, yeah. I mean, but those words are thrown out there. You know, it's, it's, um, it's similar to how like gender or not gender, but um, words change over time. Mm-hmm. And so the, the words that maybe we used, um, like I've, I've said, I'm a queer female, queer woman. Um, the word queer, like in the eighties, you know, seventies wasn't as accepted because it was a derogatory term. Um, whereas now this next generation has like really kind of taken it back and, um, you know, using, using the word to like empower them more, um, similar to, you know, referring to, the LGBTQ plus community as homosexual. The word homosexual is not um, as accepted anymore because it was more of a medical term when we look back to um, previous generations when it comes to like conversion therapy and like it was like something was medically wrong um, mm. with a person. And so just use you know, the LGBT, the LGBTQ plus, um, community, uh, or gay, lesbian, however somebody identifies, but just don't use the word homosexual. Mm. And for, you know, 
for other communities like BIPOC is is acceptable correct I, um so yeah so what I think <laughs> <laughs> I love this conversation Janessa. um yeah so what I've learned um and this is again my own journey so BIPOC some people uh find the term acceptable some people don't I think the importance of what that uh, BPIC POC means is if you're speaking to so BIPOC for those that don't know Black Indigenous people of color, um, BIPOC. So if you're speaking about a community communities of color, mm-hmm. so right that's like an umbrella. Um, there's lots of different colors. There's mm-hmm. lots of of different identities under that umbrella. But if we're speaking about the Black community, we need to say the Black community. If we're speaking about the Native American community, we need to say the Native American community. Mm -hmm. If we're speaking about the Asian community, we need to say the Asian community. Um, You know, don't, uh, and that was was something that actually a good friend of mine um, who we've become very good friends and, um, you know, another queer Black, Black female, and we just did a, a talk on it actually about um, our intersection and how she judged me as being, a, you know, a white woman doing this work. Mm-hmm. And then understanding that, you know, no, I was a, a true accomplice and um, how our friendship has just grown so deeply from then. But, you know, it's important that we, we all have biases, right? And um, it's important that we um, stay curious and, uh, continue to learn. And that was something, you know, I walked into our office and we're talking like, you know, thinking, you know, oh, you know, super like educated. I knew what I was going to say, you know, this is kind of the, the, um, the theme of the talk, but then, then I said, oh, you know, communities of color. And she's like, no, that's not going to work for me. Like, if we're talking about black community, Heidi, you need to say black community. I was like, all right, cool. Like, let's, let's have this conversation, you know, and it's, she wasn't like calling me out. She was calling me in because she knew who I was as an individual and that I wanted to do better. I want to learn and do better and, and not cause harm. Um, I love what you just said. She wasn't calling me out. She was calling me in. I love that. Yeah. Yes. And you know, we all need to do that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, in, in certain, in most situations. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, there's three things that, that I say in order to be, you know, much more inclusive and create a greater sense of belonging, have self-awareness, yeah. be self-reflective and have empathy. Um, you know, everyone is on a different point in their journey. And sometimes myself included are like, come on, like, how do you not know this? You know, yeah. <laughs> like, are you living under a rock? You know, but I also have to remember that a lot of times just based on the community we live in, based on um, how we were raised, um, just some people just don't know what they don't know. Um, And that's, you know, it's not, it's not fully like a DEI practitioner or consultant's job or coach to like fully educate you. But that's where like the self-awareness, self-reflection, empathy come in is like, you have to take your learning into your own hands. You have to be curious enough to want to do better and want to be better and want to show up better.
better because it's not enough to, you know, thinking back to marketing, it's like, it's not enough to put your, put the rainbow behind your logo. It's Mm. that's not enough. And it's not enough for this next generation for sure. Um, or to put like a little blurb on your website that says, yeah, you know, all inclusive, like, yeah, whatever, whatever it is, it's, it's immersive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, starting to put it, you know, uh, integrate it into your business, not just put something somewhere or once in a while you're posting a picture of, you know, something it's, mm-hmm. it's immersive and it's a part of your, you know, it's a part of you. I mean, if, if this is your, a belief of yours, that needs to be shown anyways mm-hmm. in, in throughout your whole business. So, yeah. and I mean, um, little things, right. Like little things you can do. So, you know, think about your, the gen, the, uh, the words that you're using in, you know, some of your programming, if it's gendered, if it's, uh, you know, he, she use they, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you are speaking, you know, about spiritual women, great. Like then add, you know, in there, like we create safe spaces for all women, all women, um, mm-hmm. you know, including dot, 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 um, in your life, you know, I mean, all of these are not just for business, but they're, they're life lessons. Yeah. Um, don't assume that somebody is married, has children, um, or even is partnered with the opposite sex. So starting to really get into your vocabulary of, of in the habit of using partner, um, like, Oh, do you have a partner? And then when somebody says, oh yeah, my husband or, oh yeah, my wife, then, or no, I'm, I'm, no, I don't have a partner. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you just get, get used to saying that like in your life in general, you Mm -hmm. go to the PTA, you go to a networking event, it's, you know, or that you're, um, maybe like if you are a coach, things that you could say to even set the stage in a group coaching session. So, Mm -hmm. um, Hey, before we get started, I want to set some ground rules. Um, this is a safe, um, and supportive environment. I need you to use I statements. Um, if, you know, if people start becoming uncomfortable, please like message me on the side, but these are the things that we stand for. Go back to your business, like mission, vision, values, Mm. and essential behaviors, because those are the people you want to do business with. Right. And those are the people that want to do business with you. Yeah. Um, so if somebody shows up and is completely like ranting and raving and like say is saying like racist comments, like no, if they can't like check themselves and be much more self-aware, we're going to have a problem working together. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like those are the people that need, need the most help, but um, you can only go so far. Um, and right. You can't, you can't be everything to all people. And that's something that like, as a, you know, highly sensitive person and empath, I, I have to like set boundaries for myself, but um but right, I, I want to, you know, help change the world. And sometimes you put your own mental health and wellness aside so that you can help other people. And that sometimes that's, <laughs> that's definitely not the right answer, but 
<laughs> it's something I'm working on, but um, uh, that's totally true. Boundaries but, are yeah, yeah a big yeah. a big thing for a lot of I mean people. Period. Never mind just entrepreneurs, but especially Absolutely. entrepreneurs because if they're not putting boundaries up in their life. They're also not putting mm-hmm. them up in their business. Yeah. Um, or they're going to an extreme and they're putting extreme boundaries up in their business and none in their life. Like there's just not a balance. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that that brings up an interesting point, right? We, we, as entrepreneurs, coaches, consultants, like I, I have a feeling that everybody has been there where it's like somebody else expects something for free from us mm. and the frustration of like, Hey, this is my job. Yeah. Think of that as someone from a a marginalized community trying you you asking somebody to educate you for Mm. free you know it's like it's exhausting (laughs) it's it's exhausting and I mean again I come from it as like a place of privilege where I can hide my identity there's so many people that can't hide their identity They, they show up as as you know, an Asian woman, a black woman every day. And yeah, yeah, they can't change that. There, there's no hiding. Yeah. Um, so the emotional tax and, and, you know, feeling that's placed on them is heavy. Mm. And so that's where our empathy and like our self-awareness needs to, to come into play. And we need to, as white individuals, be doing the work ourselves. Yeah. Uh, you had said something about that before, you know, about Mm -hmm. like, you know, doing the work or, um, and you know, you brought it up that, that, um, you know, we can, as coaches, consultants, creators, we can guide and we can Mm -hmm. try Mm -hmm. to educate, um, do the best education that we can with what we have, um, and just keep doing the work ourselves. But I think irregardless of what it is, like whether it's something in business, whether it's, you know, educating yourselves on these subjects or any other subject, Mm -hmm. you have to be willing to put in the work Yeah, because nobody is going to just make it all better for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I have, so I started a program that starts in July called Building Belonging, and it's, it's going to be a program, a safe container for people to have these conversations, but then also like if they are in corporate America or they want to implement these types of things into their business, that's what we're going to talk about and, and get deep into, you know, how to create this within your business, how to take it back to corporate organizations, Um, and that's through a group coaching session. So I can help coach guide, uh, mentor, and we can continue that work, you know, whether it be in group sessions or Mm one-on-one, but, you know, and in, within that group, we already have, um, on both entrepreneurs and corporate individuals, um, joining us in July. So it's going to be a a great group. Um, is this an ongoing group? Like is there like a- so it'll be eight weeks um mm. but there will be another cohort in the fall mm. um and i'm also developing a community so that monthly you know or bi-weekly we're still kind of working out the details but um 
that we can come together and have safe conversations. Um, we can have a safe space for brave conversations. Um, because a lot of times, you know, again, people don't know what to do, how to say it. Um, and I want to teach people how to lean into that, right. how to lean into being uncomfortable because it does make a difference. I mean, yeah. And I think the other part of it too, is at least for me that, you know, knowing, I mean, knowing that it is exhausting for, Mm -hmm. you know, marginalized communities to keep having to, or feel like they have to educate everybody or keep explaining things or, you know, all of those pressures that they're feeling on top of all the other pressures that they're feeling um, for people like me that had questions I was like well I don't want to bother them with my questions right you know right. yeah um, I mean there's tons of resources there's tons of books yeah um, you know follow me on on LinkedIn um, follow other thought leaders on LinkedIn and Instagram Um you know, that's where you can get the free content because they're putting out their thought leadership. That's their free content (laughs) out to people. Um, And then if you want to engage them more, that's when you, you know, say, what are your rates or, Mm. you know, how can we work together? In what ways do you offer? Um, So that we're not assuming like, Hey, can I pick your brain? I don't know how many, Hey, can I pick your brain conversations? Um, yeah, no, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, is, is fine to a point, you know, because I am somebody that gives back um, a lot and I want to give back in the ways that other people gave back, you know, gave to me. Yeah. Um, but right. Like we're entrepreneurs and like, and, and we were business owners mm-hmm. um, and it's deep work that some of us are doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not an easy, like, you know, Hey, can we jump on a call for 20 minutes? Like what? Yeah. And you like, can this... like fix everything that I, <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is not a checklist. This is in, in, you know, people say, well, how long is this work going to take? Well, hopefully your whole life. I yeah. mean, this isn't a one and done. This isn't, this isn't this is like your self-development, like <laughs> right. this is self-development. So well, there's a work book to go with it. <laughs> yeah. This is part of self-development. <laughs> right. So, absolutely. absolutely. And that never ends. Yeah. It doesn't end. It doesn't ever end. No, Um, we're learning every day, whether we're, you know, choosing to learn one specific thing that day, or we're just evolving a little bit more that day. It doesn't matter. And this, this is part of that self-development. Yeah. And you're constantly like visiting the state of awareness, right? Like, Mm -hmm. so I may, you know, specifically uh, coach and uh, consult on like gender equity and LGBT plus inclusion. That doesn't mean that I have all the answers, mm. nor does it mean that um, I don't have a lot of work to do when it comes to like the differently abled community. Yeah. Um, and so for me, that is something that I'm, you know, educating myself on and learning and visiting, revisiting that state of awareness and desire to learn. So that first step is, is awareness. Mm -hmm. Then it's the desire to learn. And that, those are the two spaces that I predominantly focus in. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there was, there was another, you know, lesson that, uh, was taught was, you know, I, I have a consultant friend that focuses on the differently abled community and, 
I was helping a, a yoga studio, like with their messaging and, um, you know, developing a much more inclusive practice and all of that. And so we did some advertising and in that um, post, you know, I said, you know, we support LGBT people's community, BIPOC community. Um, it went on and I said, et cetera. And she said, um, Heidi, you know, a lot of times the differently abled community gets lumped into the word, et cetera. And that is why there's a lack of awareness um, around it. And I was like, that's a great, I mean, thank you for pointing that out. You know, that's what we need to do. We need to, we need to not get so defensive when people try to call us in. It's, this is a learning opportunity. And so if you are, you know, quote unquote, what you feel is called out, you know, try to use that as a, as a learning. Thank you for pointing that out. I'll do better. Thank you. You know, and, and then go back and start researching. Like that's your opportunity to start learning more. Yeah. Not, oh my God, I can't believe that they called me out. Yeah. <laughs> Why well, didn't do, I, I didn't do the right thing. You know, yeah. it's, it's being humble enough to know you have work to do. And even for somebody that does this work day in and day out, um, you know, having that self-awareness and reflection, like constantly go back to that is, is, you know, that's, that's the way that you can make an impact. Just changing words sometimes changing small actions can really make a, a bigger impact yeah and, and it takes sometimes it it can take a while to get to that mm -hmm. point where you're like okay I totally understand you were just you were pointing that out to me yep. helping me to understand and do better thank you yep um <clears throat> because I'll tell you you know even just a few years ago I probably would have been like oh man you know I yeah. probably would have even and I don't think that it was, it would have been that I was like mad at the person or like, you know, upset at them. Yeah. It would have been more like I felt shamed. So I would yeah. kind of, you know, regurgitate that back onto the person by being yeah. like, you know, what, what, what do you know? Or whatever. Right. You know what I Absolutely. mean? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. That totally brings up a great point, um, especially in corporate America, because, um, you know, my career is in HR and, and sometimes, you know, I'd bring up certain things of, of different employees experiences and, and mm -hmm. my own too. Mm -hmm. And they would, you'd be gaslit. Mm -hmm. Gaslighting is so, um, and if you don't know what gaslighting is, you know, mm -hmm. making somebody question their experience mm -hmm. by basically making them feel bad about it. So, yeah, you know, probably like it didn't happen. Or... Yeah. Like erasing their experience and right. Like how would somebody, how would a straight cis person know that my experience as a, you know, queer female or another person's experience as a black female, um, that it didn't happen or, oh, that couldn't have possibly happened. Or, well, or it that's did. Not how you felt when it did happen. Like, how do they know how <laughs> like, you how felt you when felt? it happened? Yeah. We, we need to stop erasing people's experiences and learn from them. Yeah. Um, Cause just because it didn't happen to you doesn't mean it didn't happen to them. Right. You know? Yeah. I, I, we're all going to see the same situation in a different, through a different lens. Absolutely. We're going to see it through our own lens. So having the courage to take somebody else's lens, 
mm-hmm. and say, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, how can we do better the next time? Like mm-hmm. that's, it, and you know, it does take courage to do that for anybody. Yeah. You know, I mean, for, you know, you know, not that white straight females are, are not privileged because we are, (laughs) Um, but even for a, a queer white female Mm -hmm. to take my lens and say, Oh, okay. Well, yeah. You know, there, there are so many layers to us that there's, there's so much diversity that I can't see about you. Um, that if you were to share stories with me, like that's not my job to erase your, your experience and your identity. I mean, there's, there's, you know, a lot of times people think diversity equals race and gender. Mm. Um, but there's so many more layers to it and in intersectionality that's that's that is the layers and how our different identities intersect so when we talk about you know the the queer community okay so what about you know a black queer female an asian queer female a, a you know black trans woman mm-hmm. um and all of the the discrimination that happens around that we're layered individuals mm. um, how we were raised, our religious status, our veteran status, marital, um, all of those things that we can't see too, right? That affect who we are as an individual. Yeah. And then all of the experiences that we've mm-hmm. had up until Absolutely. this point. Absolutely. Yeah. Amazing. Yes. Awesome. Um, is there anything that you would love to add to close this out, Heidi? No, I mean, like I said, just stay reflective. Um, you know, it's a lifelong journey and stay curious. Mm. And um, just, there's so many resources out there from books to Netflix series to, I mean, Mm. just stay curious and um, yeah. Yeah, And just keep learning. Maybe you can like shoot me like a couple of your favorites. Mm. um, Yeah, I can do that. Like a book and a, series and you know just a couple of things I can put in the show notes and share yes absolutely I will Um, yeah I would love that so thank you very much thank you so much for having me um I appreciate it and you will maybe we'll have to dive in a little (laughs) this conversation could go on and on and on yes (laughs) on on another you know episode Um, yeah absolutely but yeah if anybody wants to reach out to me feel free um it's uh, culturescapeconsulting.com. Perfect. Are you on Instagram? I am at Heidi Disrupting. Heidi Disrupting. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook love and that. Instagram. Yeah. Instagram, I'm much more active on. Okay. Perfect. So I'll link all those up in the show notes as well. And um, as always, anybody listening, screenshot this episode, tag Heidi and I on your Instagram stories. Tell us what you thought. Uh, ahas, questions. DM either one of us. Um, if you have, you know, we just want to hear from you. We want to hear, Absolutely. we want to know what you thought and what you're thinking and what your next steps will be. Or if there were steps that we talked about in here that you were like, oh, damn, thank you. Cause I didn't even think of that. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I know there were some for me. So, <laughs> so I appreciate that. And um, okay. And we'll see everyone in the next episode.